Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. To kick off this podcast and our very first episode, we talk big announcements. There will be a baby as a reward. So that's that's a nice thought to cling to. Weird symptoms. Um, literally milk my armpits. Pregnancy tears. And was sitting in the middle of a broken up bed with a hammer, crying my eyes out. And as always, I'll be asking the important questions. How, in the name of the wee man, do you get your pee into that tiny little tube they give you? Hello, Miss Rachel. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing? I mean, good and bad, mixed bag. I have been better health-wise, but I am having a baby. Woo! I was going to say, how are we going to announce it? But that is as good as any, my friend. So uh, the news is out. Rachel is mm-hmm. with child. And how are you feeling about it? About it, I'm feeling great now. (laughs) In the last few weeks, there have been definitely some moments where I have secretly asked myself, what have I done? But yeah, I know I'm really happy. And I had a meeting with the doctor the other day and she very, very wisely said, well, remember, you do get a baby at the end of it. (laughs) So even if you're really miserable right now, there will be a baby as a reward. So that's that's a nice thought to cling to. I mean, I don't want to kill your optimism, but that is also <laughs> our next bag. <laughs> no, it is absolutely amazing. It really is. But I have to say the first, first trimester was an absolute killer for me. Um, but let's sort of start with the foundations of how the baby came about we don't need the birds and the bees I think we're all aware of how that (laughs) happens but I mean had you been trying for a while what was your situation was it a bit of a surprise so yeah again it's been a strange one because Sandy and I my partner we haven't been together for that long in in most people terms but we have been best friends for about well over a decade now so we know each other inside out, which made being a couple much easier. But actually, in reality, we've probably only been together seven months, which is crazy. And you've been pregnant for half of that. <laughs> I know, I know. Act fast, just no messing. Um, so it's been an interesting one because we, and as you and I will discuss at length, I'm sure, over the course of this podcast, we are considered geriatric mothers because Ancient. we are... Yeah, yeah, because our eggs are husky and, you know, our womb has just got tumbleweeds <laughs> floating around it. Um, if, you're, if you're to listen to any advice, because if you're the wrong side of 35, that's, that's how they label you. So, Well, I think this is the perfect time then to introduce our wonderful NHS midwife, Carla Anderson, who will be popping up now and then, you know, just to keep us right. Here she is. Oh, that term geriatric mum is just awful, isn't it? It's just so outdated, and if I heard any of my colleagues saying that to a woman, I would be mortified. Yep, when you're over 35, you have got some increased risks in your pregnancy and your birth, but you'll usually be offered additional monitoring and care for that. 
And actually, if you're fit and healthy with no other medical conditions, those risks are really quite low. In my area, the average age of giving birth is 30, so loads more common than you'd think. And I certainly have never seen tumbleweed fall out of anyone's vagina when they've been over 35. <laughs> Isn't that a relief? Let's get back to the conversation. I had fears about whether we'd get pregnant, how fast it would happen. I've had lots of friends go through a lot of trouble with getting pregnant. And even though my mum had my little sister, my youngest sister, when she was 43, so you're hoping, you're trying to bank on the gene factor. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, so we planned to have kids eventually, but this one came <laughs> as a surprise earlier than we expected. Yeah, it was veet veet quick off the mark. I think this one might be a sprinter. <laughs> Uh, how did you end up finding out you were pregnant? So Sandy gave up. He's from the Highlands where they basically put whiskey in your formula when you're, when you're a baby. So he's a seasoned drinker, but he gave up booze for, for January. And within those two weeks, the swimmers, I assume, were sober for the first time in a long time and decided to go in the right direction. Um, and <laughs> we, we... They weren't just swimming in circles. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, where's the next pub? <laughs> um, and we went to a Burns supper and I was feeling tired, which in retrospect is a, is a clue. And I said, oh, I'm going to go home after the meal, but mm. you have a dram. It's been two weeks since you've had a drink and, you know, you've been very good so far. I also made a vegetarian, which is unheard of for a Highlander as well. So he was vegetarian and sober for two weeks. And then this was him breaking and having like meat and uh, dram. So I said, stay out with your friend Xander and have a great time. And then when I got home, I was like, actually, he's just going to wake me up when he comes home. So stay out and stay at Xander's and then I'll see you tomorrow. But what I didn't bank on was that he was wearing this two-piece tartan outfit, a wee waistcoat and tartan trousers to match. Stylish. But but it's traditional you Scottish. Are uh, literally guards. painting him out to be <laughs> the most Scottish person to have ever walked the land. <laughs> no, the only the man he's competing no. <laughs> with is Braveheart at the moment. Yeah, I, well, I want to make clear that it was a Burns night and that's a traditional time to wear traditional clothing and, and tartan and stuff rather than just like a regular Thursday. Um, but he didn't have any other clothes with him so unfortunately he had to wear the full tartan outfit to work the next day where he owns a bar in Glasgow and he was working behind the bar in this two-piece tartan get up like a really enthusiastic waiter and people kept coming up and going oh you must take your job very seriously and then um he got home obviously from the first hangover in, in weeks and still wearing this um tartan outfit and I said oh I'm a couple of days late do you want to just do a test and we'll see and we had one in the house and I did it and I didn't even have time to get off the toilet I was like oh right well <laughs> guess that's the answer oh wow so it was just like instant so and that was it and he was still dressed like um a Highland super player as we see <laughs> hungover is not the best time to find out you're about to be a dad I know. And the outfit, I mean, I have a picture of it. I'll show you. His face is just a picture. But um, it was obviously lovely news, but you may have been the same when you found out you're pregnant. There's this, like, 
I don't want to say anti-climax, but you're expecting, I don't know, like Fireworks. something else to happen. Yeah, you're like, well, the world is, hasn't stopped. Like everything is still going and there should be some kind of fanfare or some kind of crazy thing happening because something crazy is happening. But in the outside world, it's not reflected at all. <laughs> so there's a kind of strange... It feels like your world thing. has completely changed and yet everything has stayed the same and that juxtaposition yeah. is like the weirdest feeling in the world. I don't yeah. know about you, but when I found out I was pregnant, it was pure excitement and then this fear of all the problems that could remotely happen I mean everything from financial worries to is the baby going to be healthy will we get everything organized in time is this the right time for all of those fears however irrational just flood into your mind at the same time you're feeling this excitement and you're holding these two extreme emotions at the same time it's like the most intense feeling in the world and you're not you're not quite sure whether you're going to laugh or cry and you end up doing both Mm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely I mean I'm crying a lot at the moment I cried today because I went into Salinos in Glasgow and it was so nice <laughs> I was like what a what a lovely Italian restaurant <laughs> so that's to clue in on where my hormones are at and it turns out that tears over absolutely nothing at all are not that unusual when you're pregnant hi it's Natalie here so when I was pregnant the funniest thing I probably cried about was when I sat down on the couch um, and realised I hadn't picked up the remote control and I just burst into tears. It was like my life was over. Um, Rather than just get up and get the remote control, I thought it was more appropriate to sit and cry for about 10 minutes over it. Hi, my name's Ness and I'm from West Lancashire. And I cried over the fact that my curry wasn't spicy enough because I just couldn't get enough of spicy food when I was pregnant. Hi Storm, it's Gemma, Audrina's mom. When I was pregnant with Audrina, I remember crying in a heap on the kitchen floor because I couldn't find a spoon to eat my monocorna and I was so hungry and I just wanted to eat it. So I just started crying on the kitchen floor. <laughs> Hi, it's Deborah. Back in 2018, I cried when all the horses returned safely after the Grand National. Hi Storm, it's Jenny Sanders. I cried because Craig walked up Snowden and left me in the house. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steph and I cried in pregnancy because my partner ate a packet of my flip grilled steak McCoy's, which was one of my pregnancy cravings. My bed made the slightest little squeaky noise when I moved, like the slightest movement um, and my partner came home that night and I'd taken the bed apart and was sitting in the middle of a broken up bed with a hammer crying my eyes out <laughs> my partner's sickeningly positive to a fall of all his many many wonderful things and his interest in uh, tartan clothing he's also refuses to entertain any negative thought and sometimes rather than dwelling on a negative thought. I'm just saying it out loud. So the thought will come into my head, like you say, you're starting to think like, can we afford this? Mm. Like, what are all of the things that can go wrong? And particularly in the first trimester when you're not, like culturally not allowed or not meant to tell people that you're pregnant, even though all of this stuff is happening in case something goes wrong. So, like, all of these thoughts are in your head. You're having to grow the thing. You know, like, the mm-hmm. guy's done his part. He's, like, he's got the 
100% easy bet. He's like, done, cool. And then they go about going, it works. <laughs> like really chuffed with themselves. It's like, And you're sitting there for the next nine months trying to work out whether you work. Yeah, I'm like, I'm building organs. What did you do? Um, so yeah, there's. it's hard because if one of those thoughts comes into my head, like you say, I'll say it out loud. And then he'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. Like as if, mm. like even saying it out loud will somehow trigger... Make it happen. Yeah. So, I mean, the concerns are so wide-reaching. Just, you know, from birthmarks to, like, birth defects to, like, you know, whether they'll have all the right number of fingers and toes. Or, you know, mm. I two, two friends of mine very unfortunately lost their babies in the cycle before mine so this is why I was especially concerned when I found out I was pregnant because I know how difficult that was for them to go through and it's just likely like it's just in the first 12 weeks you are that's when you're most likely to lose a baby and you're right culturally we have decided for some reason that women shouldn't discuss whether they're pregnant or not in the first 12 weeks. Now, I was quite surprised when you told me so early on that you were pregnant for that reason. But actually, if you think about it, if you were to lose a child in the first 12 weeks, surely you'd want to speak to somebody about it and you've kept it quiet. That makes it even more difficult to broach the conversation, I think, sometimes. A hundred percent. And... The more I, the longer I am pregnant, God, it's been nine weeks, but the longer I am pregnant, the more I read about it, the more I'm like, this has still got a weird ingrained misogyny about it, whether people are aware of it or willing to talk about it or not. It's like, you're not allowed to talk about your pregnancy, even with your nearest and dearest before 12 weeks. It's three months, like, and time is so long in this time and you're so sick. And then... The idea is that if you, just in case something bad happens, so the idea being that if something bad happens, you shouldn't tell people, like you say. So it's like we are then burdened with the secrecy and lying. You will have to lie in those three months. You know, why aren't you coming out? Why aren't you getting the hot tub? Why aren't you, you know, knocking back a bottle of... (laughs) Why aren't you drinking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm knocking back a bottle of champagne or whatever. Why aren't you having this brie I've offered you? Um, (laughs) but you love Brie yeah like there's there's so many things and so many lies you have to tell and then if you if something bad happens the idea is that then you can keep it your secret you can keep it away and like not burden other people with this thing that's happened to you this awful thing so I would like to let's make the aim of the podcast to culturally change that entire script Look, because I, I think it's nonsense. I am totally with you. I, but I do think each to their own. If somebody isn't ready to tell people, it's not for anybody else to, to bring that up or out them. But at the same time, if you are ready to tell somebody, then talk about it. It's absolutely your I choice know. and it's up to you. I, I'm completely with yeah, you. Yeah, it's the, it's the choice factor. That's the thing. As with anything mm. pregnancy-related or life-related, it's about being able to decide and not being afraid about people going, oh, you know... You shouldn't really be telling folks. It's like, fuck. I mean, you know, it is your life. And like, I have been like vomiting violently, like crying in restaurants yeah. because the past is so good. <laughs> 
also, if someone's response is, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be telling people until you're 12 weeks, don't go to that person if anything goes wrong. They are not a good person <laughs> to go back to. That is uh, advice. Take it or leave it. I know. So, I know. listen, Definitely. you are nine and a half weeks now. Do we know? Have you been no. reading your apps and <laughs> books know. and things? And do you know what you're growing at the moment? Do you know what size it is? I do. I am currently in possession of an olive, which is arguably my least favorite bar snack or hors d'oeuvre. So I'm, I'm going to swap it out for mini egg because I feel like that is more in keeping with my sort of diet. <laughs> and, also, nice. and also they're similar sizes, maybe an olive slightly bigger. So a green olive is what he or she is at the moment. Um, but yeah, I have no idea why they use food stuff. It's like, you know, just in case you fancy imagining your future child as a blueberry or a lentil. Like, I feel like I have dispensed, like, murdered so many lentils in my cooking in the past that, like, I shouldn't be trusted with a singular lentil to look after. Um, but yeah. yeah, you'll never think about that stray one. Like, ushering it off the shelf. Like, you're okay. <laughs> So do you know what you're growing at the moment? Do you know what part of the baby you're growing? Presumably the placenta. Yeah, well, I hope it hurries up because the whole thing about being sick is because the placenta's not taken over the job, right? And I only found out recently that the man's genes make up your placenta. So you're doing all the growing and stuff. What? Yeah, so you're doing all the growing of baby. And mm -hmm. then the placenta comes along and it is almost entirely your partner's genes. And I'm like, how many years did he smoke? <laughs> like, who, like, what has he done in his life? Now I'm like, that's another paranoia because I'm, again, not in control of what's in that placenta. I mean, I'm sure he's lived a very healthy life. And, you know, he was vegetarian for two weeks. So we're holding out for that. Um, <laughs> I hope that's had some sort of prolonged effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is apparently true. You can fact check me, feel free, um, because I do just read stuff on the internet and take it as, as gospel. But that is uh, something that I read. Have you been looking at the little pictures of what the baby looks like right now? Can you see? I'm showing you. It's like a li it has a head shape now, which it yeah has only just grown. Oh, it's getting a tongue this week. Nice. Oh, look, you're growing well, a tongue. Yeah, and even miniature taste buds, um, and they will be able to open their mouth around March 10th. Holy moly! See, all of this is witchcraft. Like, <laughs> it is insane. Like the one in the one of the first weeks, I read on the app that the spine is made by rolling like a neural tube out of essentially nothing. And the fact that all of this is happening, oh, it's getting fingers and toes this week as well. All of this is happening while I'm like napping, puking, going to work. <laughs> Does it not make sense why you're napping and puking and struggling to get to work? I feel a lot better than I have done, but it has been a struggle. And I do understand as far as I can, as much as I love and want to keep my baby, I do understand how people can be so sick that they mm. second think their choice and, and have to make a, a horrible choice in that circumstance because, oh, just you're violently ill. And, and I know that some people don't have it and they're very fortunate. <laughs> they always like 
tried to hide my contempt and glare at them when they say, oh no, not me. No sickness at all. No, didn't notice a thing. I was one of those people as well, Rachel, that the first trimester was completely grim for me in terms of sickness, both feeling sick and being sick quite a lot of the time. And I was up at, you know, 5am and Oh, it was terrible. I ended up having to tell my employer at six weeks purely because I didn't want someone catching me spewing in the toilet and being like, oh, Storm's been in a bender and came straight to work. Uh, no, Storm is growing a human and is feeling absolutely rancid. Sympathy, please. <laughs> So listen, I'm going to run through a list of symptoms. You can tell me whether you're suffering from them or have done in the last uh, sort of nine weeks. So extreme tiredness, tick. Yes. Feeling sick. Whoa. Yes. Tick. Mood swings? Um, I mean, Sandy might give you a different answer. Yes, actually, I did have some pretty, like... You cried like, because of pasta. The answer is yeah, yes. Yeah, that, that was a kind of a happy cry, though. Like, the really bad mood swings... The mood swings were really like griefy type, you know, like a, a child crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Metal- Big tick. <laughs> Metallic taste in your mouth? No. I never got that one either. Sore breasts. They must be there <clears throat> growing at a rate of knots. Oh my God. I mean, I, for all listeners, I had a breast reduction in 2015 and went from like a 32G to 32D. And they are back with a vengeance. They're like, you cannot get rid of us. <laughs> we are back. And now back to a double F. So they're going to take over the world by the time it's, you know, eight months down the line. Yeah, you're just going to have to have sore. a hammock, like a human-sized hammock. <laughs> Forget any of these maternity bras. You may as well just go to Argos and buy the full thing. Family hammock for one. Um, have you had any of that skin darkening on your face or brown patches? They, they say it's the mask of pregnancy. No, is that coming? It's one of those really glamorous parts of pregnancy. Yeah, a lot of women get it. It's like quite a, quite a common symptom. Um, also cramping. Had any of that? That's quite that's quite common early on, I think. Um, I, I had a wee sore back today, which was kind of felt like a bit oh. period pain and painy. And as everyone who has been in this phase is likely to know, when you get any twang like that, you're like, holy crap, this is... Panic stations. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. what's going on? This feels like, you know, my period's coming. And the other really frustrating thing about being female and hormones in general is that all symptoms of early pregnancy are also symptoms of getting your period so you're like is it happening is it not like what you know is does this twang or pain mean that the baby's gonna stick around or not it's so much so much and I have been having mad dreams is that a pregnancy symptom I don't know well I'm reading the NHS list here it's not on there but I'm not saying that it isn't (laughs) Because in all honesty, every time I went to the midwives, I could go there with going, I've got this sort of purple uh, highlighter rash um, on my big toe. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's a pregnancy symptom. You're like, what? what isn't a pregnancy symptom at this point? Everything. So headaches? Uh, no. You getting any cravings? Yeah, in the beginning I had, really unfortunately, a huge craving for salty stuff. And cheese, and I'm not like a huge cheese gal normally, but I was really craving like butter and cheese. And thanks to that, I put on like a half stone in the in the early weeks because that's all I could eat. And I was just people were like, just eat crisps, 
just eat ginger biscuits. Like, if I hear the advice to eat a ginger biscuit again, I will probably bludgeon that person with a packet of ginger biscuits. <laughs> and I, st- I still have flashbacks. Like, there are some still on the shelf, and I see them at the corner of my eye. I'm like, stay where you are. <laughs> just reminds me of very sick time. Oh, the sickness is absolutely the worst. It's just horrible. It's vile. I did lose weight during it, so I was one of the lucky ones. But um, considering you're craving for cheese, that's not ideal. Also, losing weight while you're pregnant isn't actually that lucky. It is incredibly worrying. The smell thing is insane because I am yet to read anything that tells me why. It's like, is it like some kind of cavewoman predatory thing where like, you know, you have to smell things in a really intense way in order to be safe because Sandy put up a new shower curtain and I puked and cried because I was like, it, it smelled like sniffing petrol. And he said, he said, oh, there's a mild plastic smell. And I was like, get rid of it. So let's hear from our mum squad, who also, like Rachel, seem to have a lot of smell-related symptoms. The weirdest symptom that I've had in all three of my pregnancies are to do with bleach. I do not like the smell of bleach at all, normally, but when pregnant, I don't mind the smell. So any time in my life, after my first pregnancy, if I've ever thought I might be pregnant, the first thing I do is go and smell some bleach and see if it makes me want to bulk or not. My name is Helen. I live in Cardiff. The weirdest symptom I had during my first pregnancy, which I've never heard of anyone else having the same one. I was absolutely addicted to the smell of new carpet to the point of, on a Sunday, before we went to my parents, I would make my husband drive to the nearest carpet showroom so I could have a wander around to smell all the new carpet. I can't, I can still remember how it felt to smell the new carpet when we walked in. Very, very, very strange. So I was about 35 weeks pregnant and we were in the hospital having some monitoring on the baby and um, there was a really annoying smell coming from my husband and I was smelling his face because it was coming from that area and then we worked out that he had a cut inside his nose that I could smell and when he cleaned it with antiseptic wipes I could no longer smell it. And weird symptoms in pregnancy are not just smell-related. Take a listen to these. Hi Storm, my name's Tabitha. I'm currently on my third pregnancy. Um, So my first pregnancy um, all went fine, lovely. Was going along, um, I noticed that my armpit started to swell. So I went to see the doctors, had a look, and um, basically I have uh, milk ducts in my armpits. Um, so this meant that um, not only were my boobs growing with the milk, uh, my armpits were too. So I could um, literally milk my armpits. And uh, this is a problem I've had in my second and uh, in my current pregnancy. Um, doing a bit of research on it, it's actually quite common. I don't think anyone talks about it. Um, might have been nice to be prepared for that. <laughs> but it was something that was um, easily controlled, you know, with breastfeeding or hot compresses. Hey, my name is Suzanne and last year I was pregnant with twins. I had loads of cravings and symptoms but the biggest one was my libido. It was incredible. It was the first, from 12 weeks to about 30 weeks, I was just incredibly horny, like nothing. 
it was it was absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, and I, I still don't understand it now. Uh, totally gone now though, back to normal. <laughs> Hi, Charlotte Wilkes here. Um, I think one of the most horrible and disgusting pregnancy symptoms I had in the first trimester was an excessive buildup of saliva in my mouth. I was just drooling and dribbling like a baby all the time. I had a bowl next to me um, just to spit in and I constantly had to have tissues to spit in. Um, so that wasn't nice. And on top of that, I also had dyskesia or dyskaisia where you have an acidic metal taste in your mouth. So it basically tasted like I was chewing a cob coin for months. It finally ended in the second trimester and I could actually taste food properly. I was so relieved. But yeah, first trimester, Ugh, those symptoms, not nice. So the weirdest symptom I have, which was actually with all uh, three of my pregnancies, was that mm. I craved chalk all the time to the extent is uh, with my first pregnancy, um, I worked above WH Smith and sent my manager down to buy me some chalk so that I could uh, sit at my desk and eat it. Um, and then um, on this most recent pregnancy, I ate chalk all the way through um, and um, I loved going to B&Q down the plaster aisle. Um, my other half used to say, should we go on a date down to B&Q? And we walk down the plaster aisle and my mouth used to water. So yeah, that's um, a weird thing, um, but it does disappear as soon as, as soon as I had the baby. Although I still feel a little bit partial to eat a little bit of chalk. You're also suffering from bloating, right? I am a blimp. I am a tiny five foot blimp with massive boobs. <laughs> There's no point hiding it. There's like I, I'm now. My friend Alex gave me a pair of leggings that she wore much later in her pregnancy, and I've just had them on. <laughs> Like, and if people see me and think, oh, she's about four months along, fine. No. I don't, I honestly don't mind. Don't feel bad about that. Guilt-free maternity wear. Get those elasticated trousers on ASAP. You'll never regret it and you'll never yeah. want to leave them again. They yeah. will be on you for the next five years. Good luck saying mm. goodbye to them. You'll love them <laughs> more than Sandy and your baby. Um, <laughs> so listen, uh, how did your midwife appointment go you went to see her this morning i'm presuming it's a her that was very sexist and gendered of me yes um yes yes how did it go uh, karen karen um it, it went really well and to be honest the most refreshing and important part of it is that they take your they do a little exam consult with you first and they're like are you in a happy situation at mm -hmm. home is that man in the waiting room mm -hmm. your partner is he any threat to you which my response was, wait till you meet him. <laughs> You'll understand he's like a Labrador in human form. But obviously there are many people who are not in that situation are coerced in, in some mm. horrible domestic situation. So it's so important that they have that chat with you first. And then they took pee from me. Everyone wants my pee these days. So. <laughs> By the way, a part of that process nobody speaks about. How... <laughs> In the name of the wee man, do you get your pee into that tiny little tube they give you? Our pee is not as directional as men's pee. Does anybody do it without peeing on their hand? Anyone? I'm so glad you said that because I wasn't going to bring it up. But today I was genuinely had about 10 seconds where I was like, do I even know where the pee comes out of? go home 
look at a like vaginal map because I am missing this. Yeah, and you have to be quite flexible <laughs> to be able to see the flow. Yeah, I I definitely weed on my hand, and then also there just wasn't much in the in the tube, but enough to prove that I am indeed pregnant. So again, this is like the fourth or fifth time that yeah, I've had it confirmed, but um. Yeah, so I got that and I got my bloods taken and they do a carbon um, monoxide test and I dropped in a little non-factoid about an episode of ER where (laughs) they're like, they wake up in a house and everyone's passed out except for the pregnant woman because when you're pregnant, your placenta absorbs the CO2. So baby gets the damage, not you. So you can be like awake and functioning, which is presumably why they did the CO2 test. Um, but no one had seen that episode of ER, so they just had to smile and nod. You just explained that to me, and I am still none the wiser. <laughs> yeah, that's worthy of a fact check. I think this calls for a midwife. Carla, I think we need your help here. Ooh, ER's really stretching the truth there. So, yeah, your placenta does absorb carbon monoxide really easily during pregnancy, but your placenta is your baby's direct lifeline. So your baby's blood's absorbing all that carbon monoxide too. So really bad news for your baby and really bad news for you, which is why we monitor your carbon monoxide levels all the way through your pregnancy. And if you have got high levels, we can give you support to reduce those down. Well, that clears that up then. And I think we can all agree that Rachel's ER knowledge is well second to none. So they, so they did that and then all that was all fine. And then they talked about... What will happen in future as far as they can, you know, tell about appointments and things. And they talked about the next stage, which will be my 12 week scan. And also my, they offer this test, which is a blood test, a chromosomal test, which tests for Down syndrome and two other illnesses, which I am unfamiliar of the names of but they are life-limiting illnesses. Don't worry about not knowing the names, Rachel. We know someone who will. It's Carla. Yeah, so between 10 and 14 weeks, we offer what's called the Combined Screening Test. It's part of the National Screening Programme. During that test, we'll do a scan and we'll measure the fluid at the back of your baby's neck. We'll also take some blood from you, combine the results, and then you'll get either a higher chance or a lower chance of your baby having conditions called Down syndrome, Edwards syndrome and Batau syndrome. Now this test is a screening test. It comes back with a chance. It's not a diagnosis. So if your result comes back with a higher chance, you will be offered further screening and further diagnostic testing if that's what you want. But that didn't stop our Rachel from worrying. We were like very happy. We clearly looked like, you know, an annoyingly happy couple in that appointment. But there was a moment when we were talking about that test where I quietly went into my um, negative worry thoughts and I did feel a bit emotional about the idea of finding out results that were, you know, less than good or less than healthy. And she talked about having the baby, if it has these other illnesses, Down syndrome, obviously it's considered a, a fetal abnormality, but they, Down syndrome kids live perfectly happy lives. They perhaps have cardiac problems and some learning difficulties, but, you know, they are happy kids for the most part. And but, but your expectation shifts, right? So you, you're, that's not your expectation. And so you have to then put your mindset in a place where you're like, oh, what if 
this is different to what I was expecting it and and that's tough yeah I mean at the moment I am preparing myself for that to be you know our reality because I feel like if you're prepared for that Mm. then you don't have that gap between expectation and reality you're just like cool this is life so so I'm mentally preparing for that but the life-limiting illnesses are of course more challenging because you don't know if you'll have your baby for a few days or a few months or how long the prognosis is so that was the one moment where I was like (laughs) but aside from that it, it was a really great chat and god like the NHS is so wonderful like this Karen the midwife was just so lovely and put us both at ease Mm. and super chatty and then I got my like folic acid and vitamins like two big tubs of them and I got my ready steady baby book and in Scotland for for those of you who don't live in Scotland we get the baby box as well Mm -hmm. so did you get that already no no but they give you the information on it so all this stuff I'm just like sitting there going god I love the NHS did you get to hear the baby's heartbeat no so this one was just like like mild interrogation appointment so they ask you every single question they're like you know asking about history of uh general anesthetic history of diabetes in the family all these sorts of things which is more challenging for us because sandy is adopted so we are so there's the limited information there on his side yeah so we are playing a kind of more of a genetic lottery with him we have uh, an idea of who his parents are because we deliberately went to find out in case there was some kind of cardiac issue or asthma or something life-limiting in his parents genes and mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be anything in the notes so we are hopeful on that side uh and also we had to find out who his parents were to find out that we weren't related because he was a he, he was a he was apparently from he was apparently from Irish descent and I just had these like nightmares of like falling in love and being like this is the man I want to be with and then us doing a kind of like 23andMe DNA test they'll be like and it's your brother (laughs) you know that would have been hellish that would be a disaster did you get all that done before you fell pregnant yeah oh wow you were well prepped I'm like I'm not gonna keep going down this road if you're my brother (laughs) so let's just get that ironed out immediately so thankfully we are not related um yeah which really helps and uh, because I've read lots of horror stories on the internet about people being in relations for like six years or having bonded over the fact they're adopted and then and then find out that they were actually bonding over far more that's horrendous yeah I mean there's no upside in that story that is just absolutely (laughs) hideous Uh, but thankfully that is not you and Sandy Uh, you don't look that much alike so I wouldn't have presumed that that would have been the case yeah there's a distinct height difference yeah Yeah. I mean more than that but there is a massive height difference you're absolutely right Uh, well that sounds like you've had a very very busy productive positive week of pregnancy which is really nice yeah it's been really a lot better this week nausea's gone and I can now start imagining the (laughs) the thought of gold at the end of the sickness rainbow (laughs) which is having a baby in September that's you know the end goal is now feels like a reality so 
Well, I think we'll have to leave it there for episode one. Join us next week when we'll discuss early scans, morning sickness, and big life changes. Follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram if you want to get involved and be part of our mum squad. But until next week, bye for now.